It's Sunday at 7 o'clock, and that means it's time for the Tech Educator Podcast. On today's show, we will be discussing the many ways that you can create a dynamic class website for any class size, grade level, and subject area. So sit right back, join the hashtag as we bring you... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast, coming to you live each and every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern with your hosts, Jeff Herb, John Samuelson, Sam Patterson, and Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and you are listening to the podcast that helps you learn how to use the latest educational technology for your classrooms. With me today are my co-hosts, Jeff Herb from Instructional Tech Talk. Jeff, how are you today? Doing very well, Jeff. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing well. Also joining with me today from the Techlandia Podcast, John Samuelson. How are you today, John? I'm just great. How are you? Doing well. And if you're listening to us for the first time, we welcome you. You can join us every single week on Sundays at 7 o'clock, 4 p.m. Pacific, as we discuss the world of educational technology live on the TeacherCast Podcasting Network. And you can collaborate us you, with us using the hashtag TechEducator. There's several ways that you can connect with our show. You can leave us a voice message at techeducatorpodcast.com dot com slash voicemail you can email us at feedback at techeducatorpodcast.com you can of course follow us on twitter at tech ed show and of course use the hashtag tech educator welcome to the show john how are you today how are things over in the techlandia world you know what they're pretty good we had a malfunction last night so we had to do two podcasts for the price of one <laughs> So that was a little bit disappointing. But um, what we've got going right now is besides our three apps and three people to add to your personal learning network and three good websites, we're doing March Madness, Jeff. So Ooh, we have nice. a March Madness, which I want you guys to join too. So we have the regular March Madness where we just made a Yahoo group and the password for it is password. <laughs> <laughs> I took a took a little uh, the greatest to use pa password that we could think of that make would make it easy for people. And then um, we also have I'm making on a site called Bracketeers. I'm actually taking the 16 best web tools that we think we've mentioned so far in the podcast, and we're going to let people vote on it. So we're going to start with 16 web tools, and we'll whittle it down in conjunction with the NCAA tournament, and we'll have our tech our best tech tool so far of the first three months of the year. It's a really cool Excellent. idea. Thank you. So anyway, but that's what we're going with right now. Now, just for the listening audience, is that password with a capital P or are we doing all lowercase for this? <laughs> no, I always do all lowercase on any password that I try and get, um, you know, for school or anything. I use Excellent. capitals in my regular passwords. <laughs> and could you share with us your credit card information, John? <laughs> that's right. Uh, my, my bank cards that have been canceled, I'll give that out to you, no problem. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, how are things over at Instructional Tech Talk today? Uh, things are going very well. Uh, this week's episode of the podcast featured the Apple TV and how you can use it in the classroom, um, how to set it up and various ways to use it effectively. I was also at the Connections Conference this past week presenting on how to use Twitter as effective professional development. Uh, the slides and presentation notes from that presentation are on my website now as well. Um, so if you're interested in checking out a video that we made for it, uh, you can check it out on the website. The upcoming episode for the Instructional Tech Talk podcast will be all about apps this week, 
It'll just be a big list of apps that I recommend and other users have recommended to me. We'll be sharing out some of the ways that it can be used uh, in education. So it'll be kind of a different take on the episodes that I usually do. It'll just be kind of a big list of awesome resources for educators. So that on top of the weekly challenge that'll go out tonight, it's always busy over at Instructional Tech Talk. Nice. I'm glad to see that there's a lot of stuff going on with you guys. I got to tell you, I had a fantastic weekend. I spent yesterday at a Google hackathon where we had over 30 educators and almost as many coders get together at Kane University in North Jersey. And we tried to figure out how to take original Google scripts and create new educational products with them. And it was an amazing time. I've got some video that's going to be going up over at teachercast.net. Um, sharing some of the neat interviews and some of the activities. People were trying to come up with ways to take two different Google products and blend them together. I was with some friends, Sandy Paul and Bill Krakauer, and they were trying to figure out how to write a script that can take a Google Hangout and implement Google Maps into it, Interesting. which is something that you, you currently can't do. I know Bill's a great teacher, fourth grade teacher, and he's always using mystery Skypes. And it would be a great idea to be able to throw a Google Hangout together and not only just ask the person, but really use it in an interactive map. And I thought that was a great idea. So check out teachercast.net. We have a lot of great video that's going to be popping up from those events, a lot of great interviews. And uh, yeah, lots of good stuff is happening there. But today on the show, we're going to be talking all about class websites. What makes a good website? What apps are we going to use to make a good website? We're going to talk about some of the websites that we've made, show you the front side and also the back end of our websites, and talk to you about what kind of tools can you use to create the perfect website for you. And Jeff, I want to talk to you first about the websites that you've been. Now, you've used a lot of different tools, haven't you? What are some of the website tools that you've used in general? Uh, In general, I'm a big fan of WordPress. I've got to say that WordPress is absolutely my favorite platform to build on. Um, But that also, you know, goes along with the fact that I've been working with websites for a long time. So an understanding of how WordPress works if you're doing it on the developer end with WordPress.org and WordPress.com. I'll explain what that is in a little bit. Um, But, you know, I've worked with Squarespace in the past. I've worked with Weebly. I've worked with Wikispaces and then obviously WordPress. Um, And each of them gives you a really different user experience. And there's two awesome ones that I highly recommend. That's WordPress.com and WordPress.org. WordPress.com is a free solution that is um, something that is entirely web-based. You don't have to have your own server to be able to run it. You just create a WordPress.com account, and they set you up with the back end of WordPress. Um, You know, it's something that is a little bit on the easier end of understanding because you don't have to work with, you know, uploading all the files to the server and managing how the WordPress installation works on the server. It's just kind of right there and ready to go. Uh, One of the drawbacks, however, from WordPress.com in that respect is that you don't have control over what's going on with your WordPress installation on the server, and you're kind of limited as to, um, you know, themes and plugins that you're able to use on that website. So if you're a more advanced user and you're looking to do something a little bit unique on your website, WordPress.org might be the way to go for you. Um, that said, I've used Weebly, and I know that, John, you probably have a lot more experience than, on Weebly than I do, so I'll probably you know, stay my ground and not talk about it and save that for you. Um, but you know, of, of the tools that I've used, 
and I think Jeff, you'd probably agree with me, WordPress is really the cat's meow in terms of creating your own website. And Jeff, you know, how would you recommend a teacher getting involved with WordPress on either a .com or a .org basis? Well, I've done a lot of research and I've done a lot of websites, uh, webinars actually, on creating a class website. And usually when you sit down with somebody and you bring up these big topics like .com, .org, they have a lot of questions. And so generally the first thing that I ask somebody is what is your purpose? Why do you want to create a class website? Do you want to create a website just to put information out? Are you looking to create a, a class website that is good for uh, a, a, an informational supplement? You know, for instance, in my situation, for my website that I'll show you here um, in a few moments, I don't have any textbooks for my class. So I created my website as a digital textbook where all of the information can be found there from the from movies to presentations to show notes to videos to you name it now some teachers just want to use their their website as a blog just as a running list of homework assignments or a thought process and usually depending on what answers i get from the teacher and really what their educational technology background is i might steer them towards a weebly i also might steer them towards a wordpress now Jeff just mentioned the words .com and .org. Now, traditionally, as Jeff said, .com is completely online. Everything is set up as WordPress.com. It'll be uh, teachercast.wordpress.com. Um, just because we're talking WordPress.org doesn't mean that that's going to be your domain name. That gets into another ballgame where you actually have to download your WordPress software and then install it into a third-party host like Green Geeks or GoDaddy or, and that's a whole nother topic that we can, we can discuss sometime. But traditionally, I always ask, start off by asking teachers, what is their purpose? And most teachers I find just want a nice website that they can share the information, maybe put up a calendar. And that's why I usually push people towards wordpress.com. But John, you've also been using Weebly with your students, haven't you? So, yeah. And, um, we, we have been using Weebly. We switched over this year. And um, I think the difference with Weebly is it's more of a drag and drop kind of thing where teachers can kind of, after they get the feel for it, they've really, it's for, for teachers that aren't as comfortable with technology. I think that Weebly isn't a bad site to go to. And um, you can, you know, we had some teachers that were moving their sites over from our old, uh, I don't even remember what our old one, our, our old site was. It wasn't very good, whatever it was. And uh, so we, I would just copy and paste and I could go and sit with the teacher for about 20 minutes and I could just be like, what do you want here? And put the photos in. And it's really simple to get kind of a nice effective site just out for like you were saying, like for information, I think is the purpose that our teachers use it for. And I, I mean, I've seen uh, Jeff Bradbury. I mean, your WordPress skills are unparalleled. I saw your website that one time. Remember, you? I was blown away at the stuff you were doing with your website. You have some good skills, I have to say. Thanks, John. Um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> you do. What we're going to do today is we're going to take some questions of each other. And, you know, if you guys have any questions, certainly you can leave us a voicemail at teacher, uh, te or there we go, techeducatorpodcast.com slash voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. If you go to that website, you can actually leave us up to a 90-second voicemail where you can... Uh, Ask us questions and we can respond to them. And also, we'd, be love, we'd love to have them played on the show. Um, yeah, John, we talked a little bit about how to do these different websites. And I think what we're going to do today for everybody out there watching is... Screen share? 
Let's do some screen sharing. Okay. And uh, John, why don't you show us a little bit about what Weebly is? Okay. So here, I'll, I'll show you what I what I really found effective for um, Weebly is where here's my homepage right here, and I can create several different websites because our district upgraded to the pro account, mm -hmm. which I believe is only about $25, $29 per six months or whatever. But so when I go to a conference, I can sit here and I can go, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to edit the La Q conference website. And so I can just put up little pages right here that link to my different resources. And it's kind of a way just to go paperless and different things. I can put, I can embed PDF files on there. And it's as simple as going to the, um, you can add pages in the right there, but it's as simple as going to like the multimedia. And let's say I wanted to put a YouTube video in on this page. All I have to do is go down and drag and drop, and then it'll let me go ahead and it puts in the sample, but you can go ahead and it's pretty easy to go in and just, you go in and click and you can edit. Oops, I don't want to start it though. You can go in and you just, up here is where you would put in your real YouTube video that you want. You can put in the size, extra large. You can put it over to the right domain. And it's really pretty simple to go ahead and just add some different things. You can also embed documents. And it's just, you just drag it and wherever you want it right there, you just go down and you can go ahead and put the things in there. And look, you can have that scribbed uh, document that's right in there. And it's very simple. And I like the design elements are all up here where you can change your templates around. So if I wanted to, I'm marking up my website right now, but if I wanted to go ahead and change it really quickly, I can change the look of it just like that. And I can still have the tabs right up here. So it just really depends on what you want and you know how you want to go ahead and do it. But it has all these different design options. And that's about as easy as it gets, I think, for your elements. I want a paragraph with picture. I'm going to put that right down there. Most of the teachers can go, okay, I'm going to edit and I'm going to drag my photo in and put the picture there. And you can have your little title and you can make it, if you're just doing like all the teachers on our websites do their about me's, they can put their little title right there, put a picture and say, you know, here's, and you're just rolling right off the bat. And if you need to change stuff, it's just the simple toolbar that's right up here. If you wanted to go ahead and after you started typing, if you want to make it bold and change the fonts or whatever, it's very simple and it's pretty user friendly. Now, John, do all of your teachers have like uh, something like their name dot and then your district dot com or dot org or something? Is that how that works? Right. So then the the hardest part of um, and it, it's it's really pretty simple. But once the um, I think the hardest part with switching over to Weebly was getting the teachers to understand that they would name their site, you know, BCE and they put their first initial and uh, last name dot weebly.com or whatever or whatever our domain was and then i would have to link it back to our main site which is a google site so we have the oh. google site and then the teacher pages are all there so once they were done i would just go over and create the link for them and it would link to their weebly site so we actually have google sites and weebly kind of hooked together Interesting. so uh, yeah now, it's, it's been what do you think of the differences between a google site and a weebly site we were talking about this yesterday at the hackathon oh okay um okay well so to me, the differences are because I was actually trying to make a Google site over um, break for the podcast, and I was having a hard time. I got to kind of a frustration point with Google Sites because I hadn't been working with it as much as I probably should have been. So I gave it over to uh, one of our co-hosts, Kurt Rees, and then he's a Google man, so he started going through 
and making it look very nice. And so I think the the thing about the difference about Weebly and Google is Weebly is a little bit easier for people. And I think Google, you can make nicer looking sites and you just have to be a little bit more, have a little bit more of a skill set. And I hit a couple roadblocks and after a couple hours, I was just kind of done. And so I had Kurt come in. But the great thing about Google sites is I could go here, Kurt Rees, here, you know, sharing permission. You've got sharing permission on my website, and then he could come in and work on it. So it's very much more collaborative, whereas Weebly is kind of the single user. And Google Sites, you could make it as collaborative as you wanted to have it. So now, there's a couple of questions that always come up, which is if you are going to create a, a class website for your students, would you recommend students using a Weebly, or would you recommend students using a Google Sites? I, you know what? We've actually done that this year, and we've used both so far. And um, I think that, you know, strangely enough, I think that the kids are more advanced, and they want to do, they want to go with the Google sites. I think the, that after they master the Weebly, it looks nice and everything. But I think they want to go for more of the challenge. So we've actually done that with our GT students, where they've gone on, they've made some Weebly sites, and now that we kind of use that as the stepping stone, and now they're going to Google sites. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. interesting to see. There's a lot of really neat Weebly sites running around. I know a friend of ours, Don Goebel, who's an amazing media teacher, has this awesome Weebly website for his own personal portfolio. They really are nice to use, and they're easy. Yeah. Now, Jeff, what do you think as far as ease of use? Would you go WordPress, or would you go Weebly, and why? Uh, it really depends. I mean, if we're talking just basic ease of use, I'm going to say you go with Weebly. And the reason behind that is because what John demonstrated. I mean, he basically added four or five different components to a website in 30 seconds, and it's all drag and drop. Um, that is something that WordPress.com lacks. It's not a drag and drop interface. And I think that it really can't be because WordPress is so huge. It appeals to so many different dynamics that they need to still retain some sort of, you know, advanced level to it, um, but also keep it relatively easy too. Um, and so, I don't know, that's the, that's the take I have on it, is that a Weebly is a lot easier for a beginner. If, you're, so, if you've messed around with it a little bit, then I think that you have the complete ability to do a WordPress site. Um, but if you're just starting out, I think Weebly is a great place to get an idea of how different things work together. So, Jeff and John, let's talk a little bit about website vocabulary. Because I think a lot of new people are looking at websites and they're hearing these terms and they're really not sure what, what some of these things mean. So let me throw out some terms and maybe you guys can just take, a, take turns sure. on defining some of these. Um, pages and posts. Pages and posts. Pages and posts relates to WordPress. Um, or, or Blogger. Or Blogger, or Weebly, I guess, too. Yeah, Weebly um, has it, too. You know, a page will be a static page that you can continually add information to. It will... Um, It'll be kind of just like your about me page. Think of it that way. Your about me page, you're going to put your information on there. You're probably not going to change it that much. Um, a post is what will feed into what you call your blog. And so as you make new posts, it will go into your blog feed or your RSS feed that um, you know will continually update with the new information that you're sending out. So the way I see teachers use posts is when there's a new homework assignment or they need to update their class with new information. If they do a post about it, it's going to go to the top of their page if they have it set up to show their blog first. Um, 
and be kind of like an alert or a notification of something new that they want to share with their kids. John, how about widgets? Ooh, widgets. I love, I love some, I, I love widgets when they work correctly. That's for sure. Um, a widget would just be like almost like what I dragged in from the, the YouTube video just now where you would go in and you would put a, like, I want my Twitter feed to be one of the pages on my website. I'd create a page. I can go to the uh, Twitter. I can go to my Twitter. I can grab a widget, which is nothing more than a code, and I can put in the code, and then it comes out looking pretty nice if it were, if it can all work out on your your web page. So then it almost looks like your Twitter feed is right there on a different spot on your web page, which is pretty cool. That's one of my main widgets I like to use. Cool. And how about plugins? Plugins are a great way to get additional functionality. Um, as far as I'm aware, plugins are really only within WordPress.org. Can you do plugins in WordPress.com? Yes. You can? There's a very limited amount. Okay. So the, I guess, WordPress approved plugins for WordPress.com you can use. Uh, but ultimately, the idea is that if there is a certain kind of functionality that you want to add to your website, whether it's uh, a way to add social media buttons to be able to tweet out a post or, um, you know, add video to your sidebar or something like that, uh, a plugin can be really helpful in making sure that, you know, it's little snippets of code that you don't have to write, which is awesome, and <laughs> bring them into your plugins uh, area of your website. And it kind of harnesses the power of what's already being done in WordPress or in Weebly. Um, and just makes it so you don't have to write the code yourself. Now, I'm glad that you just brought that up, Jeff, because a lot of times people ask me, do you have to learn or do you have to know how to use code to create a website these days? Um, we can talk a little bit about WordPress in a second, but, but with Weebly, which is what we're suggesting for new people, do you have to learn how to use code? Not at all. No, I don't, I don't believe you do. I mean, I, I've been, I mean, I guess there are things I don't know very much code at all for me. I know how to switch certain things. They do have a little button where you can go ahead and you can put in some code if you want to. But the only way that I usually do that is if somebody says, hey, I want this to appear this way. So you can drag down your custom HTML and then you would just copy and paste whatever the site that you're trying to pull information from. And then you would paste it in there and see if it works. And so I know no HTML, but I know how to get kind of the code and it's just that crazy looking thing. And so I just co hit copy it all, copy it to my clipboard and you can paste it right into Weebly and it should show up there. I haven't had um, too many failures with it. it. It's usually pretty reliable. Yeah, I mean, you really don't need to know code. And I know that Jeff, you said we talk about WordPress later. Um, it's in terms of Weebly, I was able to make a couple of Weebly sites without even touching code. So um, it's definitely doable for if you're looking for just entry level stuff, uh, posting information here and there, I, you really don't need to know code. As you transition into WordPress, it's a little bit of a different story. I think you can effectively create a WordPress website on a basic theme uh, without really wanting to do any modifications to it or anything um, without knowing code. Would you agree, Jeff? Absolutely. Now, I, I right now I think TeacherCast is up to almost twenty different WordPress websites, and I'll I'll tell you I don't know code, but 
you need to know a little bit about how to manipulate it, mm -hmm. I think. For instance, if you have a YouTube video, whether it be one that you found or one that you created and you grab the code, somewhere in there is gonna be two sets of numbers that have basically the height by the width. Now, you don't need to know anything about the YouTube code, but if you know how to change those two numbers to manipulate it, then you're one step ahead of the game. Now you can actually take that video and fit it exactly into whatever space you're looking for, whether it be a, a website or a, a WordPress document or anything like that. Um, so I, I get by really, really well just by knowing a little bit about how to manipulate sizes and you know, we can talk about things like colors and how to change colors at a later show here, but you really don't need to know a lot about coding. Jeff, could you show us a little bit about your website to maybe give us some examples of the stuff that you've worked on? Uh, sure. Um, I would be actually showing you um, my page, Instructional Tech Talk. I want to show you the back end of it. Because... I like your page a lot. Oh, your thanks. page is good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's based on a theme that I've kind of tweaked a little bit, but... It's, a, it's an elegant theme, isn't it? It's not, actually. No, oh, it isn't? No, I got it from Theme Forest. Uh, let me pull it up here, and then I'll share it with you. It's called the Jeff Herb Special theme. Jeff Herb Special. Uh, okay, I'll screen share here. But, Jeff, you really have everything in that website. Like, there, there is so much information that goes right there. Yeah. It's pretty, it's good. Yeah, thanks. So, I, yeah, I, I definitely spent a lot of time making sure that, you know, on my old website, it was basically just a blog. It had the ability to kind of list out post by post, and that's all you really got on that front page was just a list of the different posts. What I wanted to kind of transition it to was the ability to interact with different categories easily. Uh, you know, if you wanted to see more about apps and websites, you can click on the category and it'll take you to all the different apps and website posts that I've had, you know, in chronological order. On the sidebar, you have the ability to interact with all your social media, videos. You know, I have Vimeo right in here, and it'll, if you hit play here, it's going to play right away. And it's really loud, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, there's poll opportunities, and these are all uh, widgets. And so we can get into a little bit of that right now. So in the back end, when you log into WordPress, I'm already logged in because I'm always logged in on my site. Um, I'll take you into the back end here. And this is what a dashboard will look like in WordPress. And if you were expecting that my website would be running on, you know, something that's totally crazy because of how intricate it is, it's really very graphical how you actually interact with things. You have posts here, click on posts, and it gives you a list of all the different posts that you have that are currently running. So I'm going to show you real quick, you know, my, one of my recent posts was Dinky Page for website creation. And this is actually fits in really well with what we're talking about. Dinkypage.com gives you basically just a word, a text box and allows you to create a web page based off of what you put in that text box. It's not meant to be anything fancy. It doesn't have themes. It doesn't, doesn't have plugins. But if you're trying to quickly share out information with your students and it's something that you want them to be able to access at home, you can go to dinkypage.com and create like a vanity URL. So mine would be like dinkypage.com slash Jeff Herb. And it would give you something that looks very similar to like a WordPress editing box, which is what we're looking at right here. You can put in your text, you can put in your information, you can create links, and then you save it, and it's up on the internet. Students can go to dinkypage.com slash Jeff Herb and get everything that I've typed in here. So that's a really good alternative to if you're just looking to create something really fast for the classroom, that's kind of like a class website. 
But and I think that's the first time the word dinky has ever been mentioned on the Teacher Cast podcast. I would agree. Network. We'll have a dinky count. It's like six now. <laughs> John, do we have a sound effect there? I mean, I would give a sound effect, but I, I think that Sam has probably mentioned the dinky, the word dinky before, but yeah. maybe the sad oh, trombone for dinky. <laughs> so, or the laugh. Ooh, laugh's good too. Laugh's good yeah. for dinky. But <laughs> it's really easy to create new posts in WordPress. I mean, when you create a new post, you get the page that you're looking for. I just typed in my content into this box. I made a couple of, you know, hyperlinks to dinky page and to the page i created on dinky page which is nothing less than exciting you can categorize it so mine is categorized under apps and websites and classroom tech so that it can be properly organized on the website you create a you you know a name for the post and you hit publish and then you know just this basic uh text box title and categorization will show you this post and let me load it up for you so you can see just how i mean you have a an image that i put in i can show you the featured image part but it it formats it so that it's in a title kind of text all the links are automatically created over here and in my theme should, like does the box around the text to show that it's a hyperlink and it makes it so that people can leave comments i mean it's very simple in the way that you can go about creating content. You don't have to know code to be able to do this. I did not touch one piece of code to create this post. So it's, it's, it's really phenomenal the way that That's you cool. can create content using WordPress. Now, I run WordPress.org, so the setup, the initial setup, is a little bit more difficult. It's not impossible, but it's just a little bit more difficult. And I know that, Jeff, you run you know, professional development and webinars for stuff like that to get people started on WordPress.org. Um, but you know, you can get a lot more advanced. We were talking about plugins. I have an SEO plugin to help my pages rank higher in Google. I have a, a URL shortener to use my vanity URL, inst.tc, when it's shared out on Twitter. I have a magic action box, which is a way for people to get in touch with me through a subscription using um, a newsletter service. And, you know, it's just a bunch of different things that you can't, you would never really think that you needed until you start developing and your page gets bigger and bigger. But as you find those needs and those necessities, you can quickly and easily add them in the form of plugins. So it's a pretty cool deal. So, Jeff, perhaps we can take that list of plugins that you had mentioned and maybe we can put those in our show notes, which can be found over at techeducatorpodcast.com slash TEP007. Seven. For sure. I'd be happy to and list those in there. Because well, I've got a few plugins in there that I'll be mentioning. And John, if you have anything that you want to recommend, we would love to have those in the show notes as well. We have a couple people following the hashtag tonight, which is Tech Educator. And uh, I've been wondering a few things. It says uh, from David Prindle, he says, I'm still looking for the perfect theme. And he <laughs> says, preferably a, th a free one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when it does come to WordPress, a lot of people have this question of where do you find great themes? How do you find great themes? Um, I personally have subscriptions to several um, theme repositories, I guess is the right word. Now, Jeff, you had mentioned Theme Forest, which is a place that is a library of themes. And you can really put in there exactly what you're looking for as far as colors or different types, like a magazine theme or a resume or a portfolio theme. 
Um, I also know that you are a subscriber of Elegant Themes as well. That's correct, yeah. And are there, are there any other theme places out there that you recommend? You know, there's a ton of great um, premium themes. I, I can't remember one of the other ones. I'll have to look it up and I'll put the link in the show notes. But there's another good one that I've looked at a couple of times. But if you're looking for free themes, there are a ton of WordPress.org vetted themes in the mm. install themes category in WordPress. Um that are definitely worth looking through. And to be able to get into that repository, you have to be vetted through WordPress. So you know that you're installing something that isn't total garbage that's riddled with viruses because the people that actually run those uh, repositories actually vet the theme themselves. So um, definitely look there. All the stuff that's in that that, uh, repository is free and there's a lot of great stuff in there too. So. I would highly recommend checking what's in WordPress.org before you spend money on a theme because there may be something in there that fits your needs and you don't have to spend any money on it then. There was another question that came in here about WordPress. It says, I start at WordPress.com and now I'd like to move to the self-hosted WordPress.org. And you know, this is another question that I get often is, should I start an easy website or should I jump right into the fire here? And my recommendation is usually just how far do you want to go and really what's your learning curve? It's not that difficult to go from a WordPress.com to a WordPress.org site, or in that case, even from a blogger to a WordPress.youNameIt site, because really there's two ways of looking at these different websites. There is the, it's a website, it creates pages, it creates posts. And then there's the other site, which is a term called content management system. Mm -hmm. And maybe Jeff, you can explain a little bit about what that means, but I always explain it to people as saying, these are not static websites, maybe like a Weebly is, these are databases. And these are databases where you can share the information back and forth. Jeff, could you explain briefly a little bit about what a content management system means? Yeah, sure. you know, known as a CMS content management system is a great way for you to kind of have that graphical ability to manage your site, but also be able to do a lot of complex things that maybe you wouldn't be able to do because you don't understand the code and how the certain elements fit together. Um, you know, my hat goes off to Jerry Blumengarten because he runs his site and he does it all page by page and he actually codes it and does it himself. Using front page, using, Microsoft front page. Using Microsoft front page. That is, that is an example of a not content management system page. And that's great. He does a fantastic job. He has a ton of information and it works for him. And that's awesome. Now, the difference between that kind of thing and what I do and what Jeff does with, Bre- or with, Bre- with WordPress <laughs> is that WordPress is a content management system. All the posts... All the pages are all stored in a database, and it's something called SQL. And it's, you know, rows and columns, and when I create a new post, it's not creating a new file. It's creating a new row in that database. And so it makes it a lot easier for the system to be able to, you know, file through if, you know, get to the point where I have a thousand new posts or something. Um, I don't have a thousand pages. It doesn't clog up your web hosting account. It doesn't bog down things because... Um, it's storing it all in a table as opposed to separate files. So that's the beauty behind a content management system is that it kind of organizes all of your content. Now, John, 
one of the neat things about having a blogger or a WordPress account is that it automatically creates what's called an RSS feed, which is something that a user can subscribe to the content. Does Weebly offer a feature such as that? You know, I haven't really checked that. I haven't checked that out, but I'm pretty sure it does. Let me see. I think it has an RSS feed. Let me look really quickly. Something that our teachers haven't really wanted to go ahead and put in there yet. It hasn't come up, but gosh, I don't, uh, yes, it does. It does right there. So it, ha it has one where you can go ahead and push out your content if you need to. Nice. And you can subscribe to it. So if you would, let me give you guys a tour of my class website here, which I've been using for the last two years. And one of the things I want to mention is I kind of, well, if you know anything about TeacherCast, I kind of have a knack of taking things a little bit to the extreme here. So <laughs> what I'm going to show you guys is a WordPress.org, which means I was able to download and install it into my host. And I'm hosting with GoDaddy. And I know there's a lot of other ones out there we can certainly list on our show notes. But uh, let me see here. I can pull it up here on my iMac. And there it is on my iMac. And... What you have here is what's called a WordPress multi-site, which in essence means it's one WordPress website that is actually created by using more than one website. Now, if you're familiar with EduBlogs or WordPress.com, let's say, or even KidBlog, which we'll hit later, those are all WordPress multi-sites. In the back end at, uh, at EduBlogs headquarters, let's say, um, they have one WordPress installation that they've actually multi-sited out to i think they're up to 1.5 million copies now and i think kid blog right now is about up to 1.6 million or so so it's really a nice concept for wordpress because instead of having 20 different admin and usernames to remember you have one and so i created my class website which is nbthsmusic.com as a multi-site. And I wanna show you some of the neat things about this that I was able to set up for my kids and talk a little bit about why I'm doing it this way. First of all, you can see it's a very simple theme. I have a slider here and I've got some information on the right side about our school, you know, a little welcome. And I'll try to be audio here as well as video. Um, as I slide down nbthsmusic.com, I've got three columns. The left column is a widgeted menu the right side is a widgeted menu, and then the middle side is actually a blog. And now uh, this is a front page. There's really not much here on the front page. It really is a front door. I want the students to go into the website and find their class. On the right side, I have a contact bar because I want to make it as simple as possible for parents and students to contact me if they have any questions. And then I have a subscribe button. And on the subscribe button, people can put in their email address and subscribe to my newsletter. Now, this is just one of several subscribe buttons that I have. This top one actually is for general, hey, you know, music department news. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to click here on the music theory tab. I teach two different courses. One's music theory and one's orchestra. And when you click on the music theory tab, you'll see it's the same exact theme, but really what I've done is I've gone a second level into WordPress. Now, might be going a little bit too much into this, but if you're watching the, uh, the feed here, it is the same exact theme, but this is all designed for music theory students. This is where I have a side blog, which is just my music theory homework. About every day or so when I'm finished with the class, I post a blog. 
And those students who have subscribed to the music theory blog, which everybody does, because on the first day of class, I tell them to go to the website and put their information in. And also when parents come for back to school night or conferences, um, when parents come in for back to school night or conferences, everything is there. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great so, way to keep people involved too. Yeah. Lots of good stuff is happening there. And so, um, that's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of neat things that are happening here. And so, um, also on the orchestra side, I have the orchestra feed done up in the same exact way, same theme, but it's just orchestra. And of course, all my orchestra kids have subscribed to this as well. Very cool. So that's just how I've set it up. Again, just like Jeff's, it's the same exact WordPress background, WordPress desktop, and uh, we'll go from there. So um, I've taken the concept of WordPress a little bit to the extreme, but you know what? Yeah. Um, by doing that, I'm able to create a blog post and know that all of my kids have been um, receiving that information. Yeah. So I guess the way that I'm understanding it, you guys can back me up here too, is that if you are just starting out on a website to kind of summarize, um, Weebly might be their best way to go. If you're kind of, you have a little bit more internet familiarity and you're trying, interested in trying out something a little bit, a little bit more advanced, you can do maybe wordpress.com. And if you've worked with wordpress.com or have some website building background, uh, then wordpress.org might be something that would satisfy your needs if you're trying to expand things. What do you guys think? I agree. Yes, totally. So in level of difficulty, Weebly, wordpress.com, then wordpress.org. Cool. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that would be my recommendation. If you're starting out and you feel apprehensive about it, you should be able to create a Weebly website on your own. <laughs> I think you should. Cool. Now, Jeff, let's oh, talk a little bit about apps, mobile apps. You know, and I was going to, uh, there's one that was listed there already when I went to look at the show notes today, and it's the WordPress app. Um, if you are going to decide that you're going to work with WordPress, the WordPress app has been improved upon so much over the past year, I would say, to the point that you can effectively run your website uh, if you're only just doing kind of content-based stuff using that WordPress app. Uh, what, what do you guys think? I think, well, you know, I, I think that one of the downsides of Weebly is I think Weebly works pretty well on on mobile uh, for mobile like uh, my iPhone. I can go right to the website. It's pretty friendly on there. Mm -hmm. But their their app um, is not very good. Their app doesn't allow you to create anything. It's just kind of more of a stats app, and you can get like stats and see who's viewed your page and things like that. So I think one of the downfalls of Weebly is I think that it is mobile friendly, which is awesome. Oh, sorry, but um, otherwise it's you know, are you going? Are Jeffrey doing something? No, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But uh, otherwise, um, the app we found is pretty, isn't very useful for what we wanted to do, which was, you know, create posts, which you can do from the WordPress app, right, Jeff? Yes. Can, yes. So yeah. that's one of the downfalls of Weebly then. That's true. Their app. Yep. That's their app. You know, and when it comes to website creation, I mean, I think that you're kind of limited as to what you're going to do on an app anyway. Because the idea behind a website is that it's not an app. If it were an app, you could just do it on the app and be content. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, 
I but think... it is getting better at, at every single update. I mean, at first you could just do pages and posts. Now through a you can have full customized stats and you can change things and you can look at things and I can actually get into the back end of WordPress through that WordPress app using that Jetpack plugin. Right. So it's really, really neat. Now, in order to use that plugin, you must have a subscription with WordPress.com. Right. But at least it's a digital handshake to, uh, you know, make everything work. Yep. Yeah. So in terms of apps, I mean, that's that's all I got because, I mean, there aren't a lot of apps for building websites. That's more of just like the content management system type stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, if you're gonna if you decide in WordPress.com or WordPress.org works for you, the WordPress app is definitely worth checking out. Nice. Now let's talk a little bit about creating classroom websites. I'm a major fan and have done many podcast recordings with the guys over at kidblog.org. And Kidblog is built off of WordPress, but it's a great system that's designed, again, like a multi-site. You create a teacher account and then your students can actually create account underneath of that class. And there's a good example over at uh, kidblog.org slash uh, music theory 13. I'll pull it up here in a second, but it is a real nice way for your students to learn how to create content, manage content, write posts, but it's a system that's designed to be completely safe. Cool. Your students can create comments, can create blog posts, and nothing has to get out unless you approve it, if that's what you set up. Do either of you guys have experience using kidblog.org? No, I don't. No, I, I a very limited amount. We've been trying different blog blogging sites, but none of them have really stood out as the one for our, our school's choice yet. Pulling it up here. Yeah, I, I also I also have um, as long as we're going through real quick, we have a mm -hmm. second. The one that um, the app that I was going to give is this one I got from uh, educator in Texas, and her name is Gail Lovely. I think she's G Lovely on Twitter, and it's called M Dot. And so what M Dot does, it basically lets you go ahead and create a quick mobile website from your iPhone, and you can add in all the different. Wow! And it's free, hmm. and I couldn't believe that it was there. But if you have something where you just wanted to go ahead real quick, and you were on a field trip, and you wanted to push something out there that people could see pretty quickly. It's up there and it's called M dot. That's cool. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting one. I haven't played around with it too much, but I did a test site and it works. Very cool. Nice. So I have a kid blog here pulled up on my iMac. And as you can see here, it's kidblog.org. And if you type in slash music theory one, three, this is my kid blog. And the real neat thing about it is over here on their sidebar, they automatically give you visitor stats which is really important because then your students can see how many people have watched them and have actually visited them. Now, every single blog post here was done by students and I had to approve it. And I do it that way so that way they don't accidentally put something out there. I'm kind of responsible for it. And also if it's not exactly the assignment that I'm looking for, I can then send it back to them in a draft mode and they can fix it. So I'll show you a couple things here. Here is a blog post from one of our students. And now uh, you can see automatically, for those who are watching the feed here at teachercast.tv, this student's blog has a completely different theme than the one that I've chosen as a teacher. And so he has also been able to create his post. 
He's been able to upload um, media, such as MIDI files, video files, pictures. And those are some of the things that I require from the kids when they're posting their work to me. I want to make sure that they can type in, you know, high school level writing and use, um, you know, media just the way that we do in our blogs. Here is another blog post uh, from another one of my students. And again, completely different theme. This one here is using a notebook paper type theme. He's even finding some of these emoticons with some music writing on it. And, um, you know, here is a video of Adele doing Skyfall, which I won't play for you or else she would charge me $220,000 to do that. <laughs> and so you can see they're, they're writing content and they're also imp inputting pictures in there. And, um, you know, they get an awful lot out of using KidBlog. But the best part, again, is it gives you the stats. And the way that I handle my class is when the student has submitted a blog, I take a look at it, I check it for formatting, for completeness, and then I leave them a private comment Cool. that says, you know, great, change this, fix this, and then it always says they're great on it. Now, it's marked private, so that way the other students don't see it, and that way the kid automatically has that feedback for me. Every time a student decides to publish their content, I get an email, so I know that the student has done it, and then when they get their comment back, they get an email. So it's really, really set up to be a safe digital environment for students. And I've been using KidBlog now for a while. If you go into our show notes at techeducatorpodcast.com slash TEP007, you'll see that I have links to our KidBlog account, my class website, and also the podcast that I've done through TeacherCast with Matt and Dan, the, uh, the KidBlog guys. And um, I can't say enough about it. I think it's one of the best educational free resources out there. Very cool. Yeah, well, you brought up the podcast and you mentioned the one that you did on TeacherCast. Which is the other podcast that you would recommend if you're interested in getting into the WordPress side of things, Jeff? Well, there's a podcast that I did a while ago. I think it was in the 40s or 50s with a guy named Dustin Hartzler. And he comes on each and every Wednesday, I believe it is. And he has a podcast called Your Website Engineer. And it's just a podcast that talks about WordPress, how to do it how to use it, how to manipulate it. And he also goes into some pretty advanced topics, yet he very much speaks at a level for the general educator, general WordPress. Now, he's not a teacher. He is a coder. He is a designer. But I find that even with my limited knowledge of coding, I'm able to follow his shows. And he brings on some pretty amazing guests talking about things like backup systems and how to really create a website that's unique and dynamic to the world. And I... Again, show notes are up there at techeducatorpodcast.com slash TEP007. Um, certainly make sure you check out Dustin's site. I think we're even going to try to get him on the show one of these times to talk about how he's making websites and how you can too. So definitely check out the TeacherCast podcast with uh, your website engineer and also the, the podcast that we did with KidBlog. Awesome. Yeah, he's definitely one I would recommend as well. So I'm glad you brought him up. So we have a lot of stuff here. Of course, if you have any questions about any of the things that we've talked about or want to reach us, you can certainly follow us at Tech Ed Show. You can email us at feedback at techeducatorpodcast.com. You can leave a voicemail at techeducatorpodcast.com slash voicemail. And all of our videos have been archived at teachercast.net slash YouTube. And uh, guys, I want to say thank you so much for joining on the show today and doing our seventh episode. Um, John, why don't you give us a little bit about where we can find you on your various networks? 
Okay, well, you can find me on Twitter at iPadSammy, and you can also find me at iPadSammy.com. And pretty soon we'll have our Techlandia website up and running. We have uh, some kind of address for that, but we're not going to give share it until it looks all the way good. Ooh, so ooh, sometime okay. this week we will. Is the website password? <laughs> yeah, no. And the website password for that one is definitely not password. But <laughs> you want to enter our bracket, go ahead. We'll tweet that out um, to everybody. And that, that's at TechlandiaCast on nice. Twitter. Very cool. Jeff, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at instructionaltechtalk.com. Uh, you can also get me on Twitter at INST Tech Talk. And uh, basically from my instructionaltechtalk.com page, you can get to all of my different social media places, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all those good things. So the main one's Twitter, INST Tech Talk. Otherwise, head to my website. Nice. And you can, of course, find all the great action over at teachercast.net. You can find our podcasts, our blogs, and our online courses. I'll tell you next week, I have spring break. I'm looking forward to it. And I'll be releasing our second online course all about WordPress and how to make a great class website. So look for that. Thanks so much for listening to us. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and you have been listening to the Tech Educator Podcast.